0: Well, I'm going to make an assumption tonight. The assumption I'm going to make is that, number one, you're here. I know, deep. We're going really deep. <laughs> number one, you are here. But when I'm, I I'm say that, my assumption is that you're here, here, not just here. Can you say that? Here, here. Here, here. You're here, here, just not here. Okay? You're with. You're with. You're uh, present. And um, I'm going to assume that Because you're here, there is, you've brought with you a level of passion, uh, a degree of passion, a degree of exploration of the things of God with you, that you actually want to encounter Jesus tonight. That you want a God encounter, you you don't just want to sit through a meeting, you actually want something to happen. You want to go into Monday with your desire and your passion for Jesus greater than it was on Friday. Is that right? Am I assuming right? Good. I am for like half of you. The other half, you just need to catch up a little. It's good. But I want to ask you a couple of questions before we go too far. Do you really want to encounter Jesus? Do you really? Because actually, most of the time, the choice is ours. It is. Most of the time, the choice is ours. Do you really want to encounter His kingdom? Are we living in a way to actively encounter His kingdom? The question's going to get harder. (laughs) We want to, are we? We want to? Are we living in a way to actively encounter the kingdom of God? Because I think it looks like a certain way. What can we do this week to encounter the kingdom at a greater level? I like these questions. They make me uncomfortable. They make me think a little bit about my world and how I can move forward, knowing that Jesus wants to take me forward. That He doesn't actually want me to stay in the same place year after year. I look where I was 20 years ago and praise God, I'm, I think I'm probably a completely different person than what I was. I know I certainly think differently than I did 20 years ago about a whole lot of stuff. And I think that's because of the journey of God. But tonight, let's go to Luke chapter 5, if you've got your Bibles, which is our passage that we're working through today. And so you had, um, if you were here this morning at Ruakura, you had Pip. And I heard that she was fantastic. If you were at North this morning, you had Jay. Was he all right? Was okay? He did all right? Joe's telling me he did okay. That's good. Fantastic. And tonight, you got me. Lucky last. Here we go. Luke chapter 5 from verse 33. One day, some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and always drinking? I'd rather be one of Jesus' disciples so far. Jesus responded Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Then Jesus gave this illustration No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment, for then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. I used to be really confused by this scripture because we buy clothes now that are new with old patches on them, don't we? And I'm like, what's happening? But this isn't that, okay? Verse 37. And no one puts new wine into an old wineskin. For the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. It's fascinating, isn't it? Wine, of course, in the Bible is talking of the Holy Spirit. And this is really where I want to focus a little bit tonight is about the new wine and the wineskins. Because Jesus is talking here about a transition from dead religious structures to a personal living relationship. The, the change is massive. It's absolutely massive. There were dead religious structures. In other words, God seemed far away and you had to do things a certain way at a certain time with certain people in a certain order to remain right with God. Now this new way is completely different. It's all about intimacy. Intimacy. It's all about personal relationship. Yes, we want to live a certain way for God, but it's not living that way that actually makes us right with Jesus. It's Jesus, the blood of Jesus on the cross is what makes us right with Jesus. It's completely different. You and I get to live in this new era rather than the old era, which is amazing. The point that's been made there is that the old is not compatible with the new. Quite simply, that's the point that's been made. You can dig really deep, but that's as deep as I'm going tonight. The old is not compatible with the new. And we can have the new. Does it mean that the old was wrong? Or does it mean that the old was right? Well, that really doesn't matter. The fact is, the old's not compatible with the new. The old was right for the time, but Jesus brought a new covenant, which we're living in now, And the rules are completely different. Do you need to understand the Old Testament of the Bible? You sure do. Because He tells us none of that disappears. But if you understand that from the lens of the new covenant of the Bible, it brings incredible life to you. And it it just expands your world phenomenally. If you can see the old through the eye of grace, the covenant we get to live under, it will expand your world amazingly. It's about a new way. It's about a new time. However, satisfaction with the old or the status quo will stop us experiencing the new. And that's in any part of life. Satisfaction with the old or the status quo will stop us experiencing the new. Do you think it was an issue when they decided that horses were going to be replaced by cars? I suspect it was. Was there anything wrong with horses as, trans- as the main mode of transportation? I don't think so, except for the fact that they just, like, filled the streets with crap. That was a problem. If you do some reading, that actually was a problem. Um, but other than that, horses... So, so why would you even shift from horses to cars when there was nothing wrong with horses? Because it's better. It's a better way. So we went, don't you can't take it too far because otherwise you go, they replace all the crap with all this uh, CO2 or whatever it is that goes in the atmosphere, but you, you come and start quickly. But 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 cars essentially are better than horses. But people there, there was like confrontation over that. People didn't want to shift from horses. There's all these wonderful quotes around by by um, uh, Henry Ford, you know, that say things like, I didn't ask people what they wanted because if I'd asked what they wanted, they would have only asked for faster horses. All these quotes, which they can't actually pin back to him anyway. Just someone made that up. But, but um, if you do some reading, you find all that stuff. But the whole thing is there's the old and the new. The new's better. We can go far further, far faster, and far, mu- and far much more. How's that for English? And far more comfort than we could have on a horse. As it is, I say, why use your legs when there's engines? Why ride a push bike when there's an engine? Why walk up a hill when you can drive up a hill? Come on. It's better. But I'm absolutely sure it caused some issues, and the point was because it was new and they were challenged. The status quo was challenged. My point and where I'm going is I want to ask what the status quo is in your life. The things that you're holding on to that actually need to shift because if you put them in the hands of God, He would go, look, there's a better way here. Actually, there's new wine here. In my kingdom, we don't do it that way. We do it this way. This way is far more advantageous for you. What's in our lives like that? But, but we're holding on to it just simply because it's comfortable. Well, I know this way. I know this way. Look, I might be 18 years old, but there's no way I'm reading anything else but the King James Bible. Why? If you're 18 years old, you probably don't even understand the King James Bible. I'm older than you and I don't understand the King James Bible. Because there's, like, there's this modern language stuff now and it can just unlock something inside of you because you start to understand what the author was actually saying. Is it because it's different? No, it's actually similar, but it's, just un- it's better for our time. We understand it. 5.39, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. You could kind of compare that to Coke a little bit, couldn't you? You know? Which one's best? The one that you drink, until you try another one that's better. Or could you do Coke and Pepsi? That would start a war. That would be good. The one that you drink's best, unless you taste the other one, you suddenly go, oh, that's good. Well, it might be better, or it might not be. But the one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. No one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine because we're creatures of habit. The old was structure. The old was rules. The old was about form. The new is about relationship. It is about intimacy. It is about transformation. And it is about power in the Holy Spirit. Which one do you want? Because I think God, and I think God's agenda for his church at the moment, is to just push us down toward the new a bit more. I think I think God gets tired with meetings too. And I think what he really wants is to see his church moving a little. What he really wants to do is encounter his church. He wants us to reach and encounter him. It's within grasp, the kingdom. But he's He's looking for a little bit of passion. He's looking at a little bit of action from our end as well. A little bit of hunger, a little bit of desire, saying, come on, God, come on, God. I think of the revivalists, like even Roberts, you know, who cried over the pulpit, bend me, Lord, bend me. In other words, shape my spirit around yours, around what you're doing. God, I don't expect you to do it all. Shape me around what you're doing. And I think God wants to journey with all of us a little further, a little more. My purpose tonight is very simple. It's to ensure that we're not trapped in an old wineskin. I think it would be sad if we walked out the door thinking, you know, I am trapped and I never did anything about it. Because I think tonight there's freedom for every person in this place who wants it. I think for every person who goes, I want to step into the new in God. I want to allow God to draw me forward. I want to experience what he was talking about in the scriptures when he described new wineskin. I think that's available for us all tonight. The question is our response. Whether we actually want to head out the doors in a few minutes. Having encountered God and allowing God to shift something within us or whether we want to go out the doors exactly the same way we came in. There is a new skin. It's called kingdom. It's called relationship. It's called intimacy. It's called transformation. It's called power. And it's available to every one of us. And of course, the starting point is what in the church we call salvation. In other words, coming into relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus died on a cross. It's too complicated to explain all the deal tonight. But Jesus, the Son of God, hung on a cross because humans had wrecked the relationship between God and man. And there was only one way to fix it. And God told us the way. He said, it requires blood. And my son will pay that. And Jesus came, he hung on a cross he died in the process. He did everything required so the relationship between you and God and me and God can be restored. He did everything. All I've got to do is receive the gift of what He did. He did everything. And then on the third day, He was risen from the dead. Victorious over sin, which is where we miss the mark, the problem. Victorious over the grave. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. One day will return for his church. That's pretty cool. Do you you think about that much? I don't think we think about that enough these days. One day Jesus will return for his church, for his bride. One day, it says like a thief. He's just going to arrive when we're least expecting him. Actually, in the Bible it tells us that he's going to arrive back to receive his church. And the times will be like Noah. Everybody will be working, celebrating, partying, do whatever they do. In other words, things will be normal. And Jesus, bang, he's going to come back for his church. Those that are in relationship with him, those who have said yes to him, get to off to the sunset for eternity. And those who have chosen not to have anything to do with him, the story won't play out that pleasant, sadly. But each of us has a choice. We get to choose whether we want to walk with Jesus or not.